When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know, but welcome into the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, formerly known as your mayor of PHNX. Uh, this guy next to me, he's not going to make it the whole show, I guarantee you that. Uh, I don't know if the electricity is going to get him through this one. It's Mr. Electric, Sean DePaul. Sean, what the hell did we just watch? A fucking embarrassment is what we watched. <laughs> I mean, that is was an embarrassment. not the best team in baseball behavior. I'll no, say that. No. Um, it's It's... It's a 162-game season, yeah, I mean, right? They'll flush them every once in a while. It is a tremendous feeling to have, like, one game and be like, okay, sell the team. Like, it, like it's like, he oh. He was chanting sell the team okay. throughout I the I was not chanting sell the team. Chanting. I said it two to three times. It's, Being yeah. hyperbolic, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, He's like a little it, reactionary. It, it even, was even to me. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it, but it's such a great feeling to be like, this is not what this team is. Yeah, no, right? that's, that's like, totally what it was. If this happened last year, you'd be like, okay. Like I mean that you're gonna get these. We're gonna get these sometimes. It's the Phillies, whatever. Um, I mean, there's definitely like it's not by no means encouraging. Yeah, (laughs) like you were hoping, especially because you were getting some encouraging signs from Davies. I feel like for him to have a first inning like this, particularly, is obviously uh, sucks. But it's (laughs) to say the least. It's one game in a season that's been otherwise really great. So I'm not gonna sit here and be like, I'm not seriously gonna sit here and be like, sell the team. No, we need to make wholesale changes. Like. But, but to be fair, to be fair, it's not like the Diamondbacks game one victory was a sound victory. Yeah, uh, right? that's also a good so point, yeah, yeah. when you look at the offense that the Phillies scored, forget, I mean, you can't look at the offense in tonight's game because that was absurd. We had Josh Rojas on the mound throwing 44 miles an hour. I don't even know what the hell we were looking at at one point, but the Diamondbacks did, uh, it did require them to score nine runs in order to beat them uh, in game one yeah. on Monday. So today's game. Uh, probably that somewhere. Wouldn't have done it. <laughs> wouldn't have done that today. Yeah, wouldn't have done yeah. it today. Today was not their day for sure. But I mean, this was probably, and you say hyperbole, and this might be hyperbole, but I don't know if it is. This was probably the worst game we've oh, seen. Not yeah. the worst loss, but the worst game. I think other losses have hurt more, especially some of the ones that the bullpen blew. But the this loss uh, was probably one of the worst games all around. Yeah. Right. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks were down from the very first batter of the game. Kyle Schwarber hit a Schwarbaum, uh, and the Diamondbacks were down one nothing, and they were down 4 nothing before they even picked up a bat. Zach Davies was just flat-out awful today, despite the fact that we've seen some things out of him that have been very encouraging. Uh, today was as far from encouraging as you could get. Uh, he went three innings pitched. He gave up. Now, this is crazy now with the with the end score, but I'm going to give you his line here, so hold okay. on for me for a second. Uh, the, the Philadelphia Phillies did score 15 runs. Uh, Zach Davies, responsible for four. For four <laughs> he's earned the runs. For four earned and runs in the, the game. Problem. But he went three innings, yeah. uh, gave up six hits, six uh, runs total, four earned. Uh, some of those were due to some terrible defense behind him. I mean, this team, like, let's just say, I mean, even Corbin Carroll had one of the worst plays of his entire season today. I like, mean, that was that's probably the worst plays that made this entire career. Like, I played baseball throughout high school. I never did that. Like, I never forgot how many outs there were. Like, it was such an odd play for those yeah. of you that might have missed it. Corbin Carroll basically caught a fly ball. Uh, JT Realmuto was on third base. Uh, Corbin's hat came off when he caught the caught. fly ball. And then he just kind of nonchalantly turned around, turned his back to the entire field to go pick up his hat. Uh, and uh, the only assumption there is that obviously he probably thought it was uh, yeah. the final out in the inning, not thinking he had to get the ball back in. Uh, Thunderbolt in the chat points out McCarthy dropped two balls in. in I mean, two everyone balls in this game. There were two catchable yeah. balls, well, uh, as he would have said. Yeah, I mean, catchable like, if Alec Thomas is out. Yeah, there, I mean, right? the one that went off the wall in center, I don't think after watching the replay wasn't necessarily catchable. But my problem with it was is that I don't think it was catchable at all. Like, I think a, a better fielder probably reads that better and fields it off the wall, keeps yeah. the runner from getting all the way to third. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, this was a game where Cole is saying, taking the words right out of my mouth, everyone played bad. Like, yeah, uh, except for yeah, our, our King it. Snake, which we'll get to in a second. He had himself a good game, but it didn't fucking matter because everyone else sucked. Um, uh, but like, every, <laughs> like when you're when you're like bona fide MVP candidate is forgetting how many outs there are. You have your second baseman pitching. Uh, you have, <laughs> uh, you know, like. Uh, you're giving I mean, out four was, runs well, in the first game. We in the do first this inning. show. We're much like you guys, right? We knew this was a foregone conclusion as far as the loss goes. That would, that got frustrating. It was funny at first to see Josh Ross yeah. out there, but we got shit to do. We have lives. <laughs> yeah. We have the uh, stuff going on. We want to get to. And I mean, I was like I had said, Josh, like he was smiling at first, but at the end of the day, he's a baseball player. And that had to, that's that couldn't have been fun. Like he said, it's a certain point he was just a dude getting shelled out yeah, there. Yeah, you brought like, that up. Like you said, like as a position player, yeah, in baseball, I, yeah, you pitched, I pitched before. You, like, it's just not fun. Like it's, it's fun for like two pitches, yeah. and then after that, when the, you're going the up there and you're messing around with your windup and you're getting guys to swing at 45 mile per hour curveballs and making <laughs> them look foolish, yeah. that's funny. That yeah. only happens for a couple of pitches, yeah. and then you get guys start roping them, and then it's like, okay, I'm not enjoying myself anymore yeah. and i was not enjoying myself yeah um, no and i don't think josh rojas was enjoying himself much, nor were we were enjoying him after you know too long but uh it's a long series it's a four game series the diamondbacks have now split the first two games with the phillies and i think uh even though it was frustrating to watch it was a smart move to try to save your bullpen considering you knew that this wasn't an out of reach yeah. game uh but there's something he said that was very true, and that is like we've come, we've grown accustomed to this team coming back. So it's kind of hard to watch them yeah, roll over yeah. and die when uh, they just had a for a period of time what like a like a like a seven run deficit. Like yeah. they can come back they've, from a seven run deficit. This we've seen them come back from worse before, right? But this one, this was just a clunker of the game of, of a game for this team. Uh, one concerning part was Carson Kelly. Carson Kelly behind the plate was completely unable to throw runners out that were stealing second. Uh, the the Phillies stole more bases against this team tonight, I think, than I've ever seen an opposing team steal. Uh, let me see really fast just so I have the correct number. But uh, one, uh, two, three, four. Um, so, like, I think that – I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time reading. But uh, it was just – the, the Phillies just had the green light to run on Carson Kelly. And we've seen Gabriel Moreno play uh, such good defense. League be, leader and behind. caught ceiling above average. Yeah, right? And, I mean, I, I think that one thing Carson Kelly said the other day was he was asked about, like, if he was excited to come back or if he was impatient watching this team play so well, wanting to come back and be a part of it. Uh, and he did say that he wanted to get right first before he came back because he didn't want to be – a detriment to this team. He didn't want to cost this team, you know, victories. He hasn't really done much at the plate. If anything, he hasn't gotten his first hit since returning. Meanwhile, tonight, even Jose Herrera hit a yeah, home run, run in, his first in, uh, in his first at bat for the Reno aces. So like, I, I think that there are some things obviously that didn't work uh, for this team as far as guys returning and it's going to take them a while to get back. But Joe Mantiply, another returning piece to this team, uh, he went three innings pitched. He gave up six hits and four earned runs himself, and he had one strikeout. There was just the most fascinating uh, situation between him and Tori Lavolo, where Tori came out to get him with one out left oh, in the yeah. inning, and Joe literally Before told he was even out Tori of the dugout, to go he was yelling at him. He was yelling at him, like almost disrespectfully, to to go back to the dugout. And like, what's interesting about that is we've never seen that kind of fire. Out of out of man supply, I don't think ever. Uh, Tori ended up going out there, having a mound visit with him, and then leaving him in the game mm -hmm. to get that final out. And he did. But and he did. We we, we, we weren't we, we were confident watching that, that was going to happen very closely. Yeah, because that if felt you, like a home run was coming. Yeah, like <laughs> if you come with that kind of fire, you better get that last out right. But it was interesting. Tori Lavello brought up today about kind of getting earning some respect for Scott McGuff. I think against the Oakland A's, which yeah. are in fact a confirmed wagon themselves. Uh, that Scott McGuff really showed him something in that outing when he told Tory that he wanted to stay in the game and that he wanted to keep competing. And we saw that out of Mantiply. So I'm sure Tory definitely earned some respect for him. But uh, Joe was not not good tonight. Davies was not good tonight. Carson Kelly, not good tonight. The Diamondbacks pieces. Uh, and, and, of course, there's a lot of other guys that weren't good. The Diamondbacks were just flat-out bad at the dish. Mm -hmm. uh, the only guy that could get anything cooking tonight, besides Corbin Carroll – 
who, as uh, Gabriel said, Cor- Corbin Carroll is not leaving without something. <laughs> but Corbin Carroll got his dinger before he left the game. His uh, was his 14th home run Jumbo of Jacks. the season. We got free Jumbo Jacks. No cheese, Jumbo though. Jacks. Yeah, you have to pay extra for no cheese, cheese if you want it. But uh, our king snake of the game is Christian Walker because Walker, 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 single, double, triple Walker. He didn't hit dingers tonight, but he still had himself a day at Chase Field. Uh, yeah, but Christian Walker went four for four <laughs> with two doubles and an RBI. Really, the Diamondbacks' only source of of offense outside of that, you know, uh, Corbin Carroll uh, dinger. I think uh, who else had uh, RBI? Car- Carson Kelly did have a sack fly mm. RBI, so he did do Thanks, something. Thanks, Carson. He did do something. That, that was yeah. Thanks. I mean, and massive again, sack fly to cut the lead to fourteen. I don't want to just completely blame Carson Kelly. No, but like, <laughs> that's not what I'm doing at all. Uh, but I'm going to say, like, it's like a lot of things, right? Cattell Marte wasn't in the lineup tonight. Uh, yeah. There were uh, just a lot of a lot of things. You know, Lourdes Gurriel also uh, went 0-4 tonight. So even though my hair was tingling earlier, he wasn't able to do anything at the dish at DH. Uh, his average drops below 300. Yeah. And uh, but it's almost encouraging to me that everyone sucked, though, because like it just feels like like, OK, they can all kind of just reset from this as a team, whereas it's like it's it, like if you had just a really bad game from Corbin and like Davies also sucked and they lost seven to three or whatever, it would have been like, OK, a little unsettling. But this one, I feel like it was a complete wash. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, you could get mad about it. But again, the Diamondbacks were down four to nothing before they even picked up a bat and they weren't able to generate four runs. Yeah. So like right there, the Diamondbacks, no matter what happened, even if Davies yeah, got lost completely the on track, they they weren't able to generate I mean, enough offense to come o- overcome the deficit from the first inning. Kind of did. Like he only gave up one more run after that point, right? Right, so, right. No, I know you're right. Like, you're right. Uh, like it's not like he was, I mean, he wasn't good by any means, but like, yeah, literally after that first inning, it was uh, first happening, it was over. Well, and I think it was, um, you know, a, a mindset for him, right? Like, yeah. He he was very frustrated, and there were some again. Uh, there was a ball that McCarthy dropped the following inning. Manuel Rivera airmailed a throw to first base that should have probably got them out of the inning, and you know, of course, that extended things. So, just uh, things didn't go right for this team. Uh, but Corey, I want to tell you, no, we don't suck again. It's only Relax. one game, uh, and luckily in baseball. There's no aggregate scoring, so not a single one of the Phillies' 15 runs carries over to tomorrow's game. We get a fresh start. Hey, remember what that Dodgers series in the first game or the first series of the season looked like? Yeah. They they tied the series right, but they were getting like embarrassed. Oh, in the games they lost, they, they definitely they got lost. Class, but, I mean, right? if you if shit, they, yeah. they don't count how bad you lose; they just count how you lose. Exactly. Same, same exactly. Soccer. However, even with how bad things got, the D-backs were still able to score some runs late in the game, and they kept from being shut out, even though it looked early on like they were going to be shut out. Uh, and they're only one of two teams in Major League Baseball that has not been shut out this season, including the yeah. Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, uh, forever uh, linked, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean that part is nice. Like that, there is something to say for that, especially in a game like this where you're getting embarrassed. And like, yep. like you said, after the first inning, it felt over to not give up. Um, I think it's certainly a good sign. Uh, certainly a, a, a silver lining from this. <laughs> well, I'm glad you could find a silver lining. Uh, we are going to be joined by Jesse soon. Uh, he's going to be coming to us live from Chase Field. But uh, I did want to hype up. We did get to t- chat with Corbin Carroll before today's game. Uh, it was this guy's. First trip out to Chase Field with us as oh, yeah. officially our third member of our crew, so that was fun. Um, but uh, Corbin Carroll was outstanding today. It was great to chat with him about yeah. a lot of different things, including uh, you know his time with this team, uh, his relationship with Tori, and how much he really wants to wear that All Star jersey in Seattle. So it's yeah. going to be something we're dropping here soon. So stay tuned to the PHNX Sports uh, I mean, YouTube. Channel. He was just thinking. He was so distracted by how just awesome of an interview it was and how. Honestly, good looking the interviewer was. They forgot how many outs there were later on. That's in the game. that he makes couldn't that, get it off his mind. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, and uh, I like that. I like that. But uh, of course, uh, you must be talking about the guy behind the camera. Is what I really feel like you're talking about here. Mm. Uh, I will say that uh, it was interesting because we didn't see a lot of guys take batting practice today. Yeah, I mean, um, it was yeah, just really three guys I yeah. think it was just yeah. Rivera Walker and Ahmed yeah and saw Lourdes hitting off the oh, tee Lourdes earlier off the tier, and yeah, things was... like that uh, Gabriel wants to know how how did Carol smell you're gonna have to watch the video yeah. that's that's we could smell it through the thing. in the video but 
Uh, we do thank you guys uh, for being here, of course, in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you haven't subscribed to the channel yet already, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's the finest done. in Arizona sports uh, journalism, I guess. Is that what you want to say? Well, journalism? It's, it's Jesse's journalism it's and Jesse's our journalism. journalism. Yeah, our, our fandom, if you will. <laughs> but uh, we thank you guys for being here. Make sure to subscribe, sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss any when any of the shows go live. Leave us a thumbs up if you love our form of journalism. Uh, and if you're listening right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe to us there. Uh, sign up for or leave us a review. We want you to let us know how we're doing. Uh, and sign up for a membership today. Go get yourself a diehard membership over at gophnx.com. We thank all of you that have already done that, but if you haven't done so already, the thing pays for itself right away. You go to phnxlocker.com, check out some of the wonderful merch we have to offer. Uh, you will get one of those hats or one of those shirts for free as part of your membership. You will also get a ranch card for Dobson Ranch Golf Course. I think that lets you hit like uh, range balls like whenever you want, get a free bucket of range balls, all sorts of benefits out there. If you're a golfer in the East Valley, that's definitely something to check out. You also get a $50 gift certificate for Mountain Mike's Pizza. So I don't know. I'm trying trying to let you know that basically but by the by the time you're done paying for it, it will have paid for itself True. immediately. But you also get Jesse's newsletter, Full Count, uh, Gerald's newsletter. You get Craig Morgan, who I don't even know if he works here anymore. Does Craig still work here? Um, or is he just retired to the No, Swiss he... Other end of the spectrum, he's in Europe working. Oh, I'm just saying, keep an oh. eye, keep a lookout. Maybe oh, he's doing it. work out there. What? Craig Morgan doesn't stop. Craig Morgan I, doesn't I, sleep. That's why I thought he retired because um, he was having a fun time. Craig I Morgan saw a will stop working. On his face in a picture. I don't even know who this guy is. Craig Morgan will die before he stops working. That's I true. firmly believe that. <laughs> that's um, true. So yeah, become a diehard because yeah. even even man's on the other side of the planet. He's still pumping out content for you. He's probably in the Discord right now, and that's another benefit you get to being a uh, PHNX diehard member. Diehard, by the way, him. worldwide. He met a diehard in Monaco. A, get a out of bartending here. in Monaco. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you, like, the, what, honestly, how, how okay. do these things happen? Like, he was, he's a guy from, uh, from British Columbia who became a Coyotes fan because he had a bunch of Coyotes on his fantasy hockey team. And then uh, he went on. That'll it, do it. And then he went on Indeed. The job finding uh, uh, website found a job as a bartender in Monaco and just was like, I... And now he's a bartender at Monaco. This is the most fascinating uh, Coyotes he fan is a, I've ever He is a PHNX Coyotes fan. You could write a movie about I this. <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? Uh, let's see what we got. Charles Woodall Pike says, Craig Morgan has to go on vacation. So important. Coyotes news will drop. Yeah. Them's the rules. You're absolutely right about he that. He left. The, the ASU joined a conference. Shane Doan became a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um and Shane, that, he's still not back yet. And you know what I'm you know what I'm furious about? I, like this is no joke. PHNX fantasy baseball. Shane Doan was going to Shane be Doan. our PHNX fantasy baseball correspondent. I wish I could like make up a joke that good, but it's not. It's Say, a real thing that was gonna happen. And then the fucking Toronto Maple Leafs had to come <laughs> around a better and offer. steal him from us. What the hell? With a, with a job in the, the, the field that he actually cares about. I was so excited to talk to Shane Doan. We were going to have him on the show, and we were just going to no-sell that he's one of the greatest Coyotes of all time. We were just going to constantly introduce him as fantasy baseball analyst Shane Doan. That's all we were going to do. And now, out the window. He's got other responsibilities, totally. and I hate that. But uh, I will say that that game tonight sucked, obviously. Uh, we know it sucked. I think Zach in the com or I'm sorry, not Zach, but Doug in the comments earlier said uh, just one sucky game. And yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, Zach asks in the chat, any chance we actually make moves to help out bullpen? Uh, possibly, but I really feel like uh, I'm starting to be concerned about starting pitching yeah, after Tommy Henry and Zach Davies last couple of starts. I mean, when's the last Green? time we had like two consecutive good starting pitching outings? Yeah. Feels know. like it's been a while. Um, yeah, I think I think it's the the. You look at a game like yesterday where the pitching obviously was not great, but it was the bats did enough. Like I think the bats have been good enough to kind of mask how the, the starting pitching has been like. Yeah, no, that's certainly fair. Lately. Like, that's fair. It's not, it has not been good. It's it's um, wild that the Diamondbacks have been able to win forty games with only two quality yeah. starting pitchers. And I mean, I think you could look at it from that perspective. You could also look at it being like, okay, we're doing this, and Zach Gallon's not even playing his best. Yeah, I think we're really only doing this with like one and a half starters yeah and we know we're going to be aggressive at the the deadline so like worst position to be in but it's definitely the starting pitching as it stands is definitely not encouraging yeah um and tory had some interesting comments today of course we're going to talk about game one and what happened with him being ejected but 
Uh, Toy Lovello said on Monday uh, that Gabby Moreno and Carson Kelly will split time 50-50 at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, after what we've seen about from Carson Kelly, how do we how do we feel about that? I mean, not good. Is that, <laughs> is that more time than you thought Gabe, Gabby was going to get with Carson coming back, or are you surprised that they're going to split? I mean, I, I, this team at this point, I think, is at a... I, like, I, I understand right now trying to work Carson in heavy back to get... I mean, that was something that Tori had said, kind of trying to force feed his lines so he can start kind of seeing a little progress there as yeah. opposed to yeah, yeah. having to have so much time in between starts as he's trying to work his way back, um, which that I don't necessarily have a problem with. But at a certain point, it's like we're here to win games. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. Like we're here to win games. And if I think Damon said it, if he's costing you games then what are we doing? Like at, at a certain point, you just got to play the better player. It doesn't matter who is what. And it's like I understand that part of the thing with Carson is it's supposed to be the offense he provided, but you said this earlier, he's not providing any offense in these first two Correct. games. Again, it's two games. Last year in June, he was the best player in like all of baseball. I don't know. People forgot that. Like he was legitimately one of the best players in the entire league in the month of June last year. Um, so we know he's capable of doing stuff. So I'm not sitting here being like, bring back Gabriel or bring back Jose Herrera. Although yeah. I did say those words, you did say those words. I was yeah, joking. I was, say, exactly, I was, was joking. Word for that word was said maybe four times. <laughs> I was joking, and I don't think it's time for that yet. But I think, generally speaking, like if it is fifty-fifty for the rest of the season, just on principle, that's a mistake. Um, it's just got to be whoever the better, the better catcher is. And I think, yeah, yeah I think that's really what it daddy. comes down to. I think that we're quick to judgment because obviously Carson Kelly struggled tonight. Yeah. But you almost have to deal with going through those struggles in order for your guy to get right. Yeah, baseball yeah. is is constantly this game of trying to stretch guys out, trying to get guys ready, trying to get guys like ramped up, as they say, to being uh, at a playing level. And like yeah. a lot of that work gets done, obviously, uh, behind the scenes. Right? We have yeah. backlot games. We have. Uh, them being sent down for rehab starts in the Arizona Complex League. You have them being sent to the. He's he's down there right now with free admission for those games. By the way, and and Jesse's scaring people by using ACL. Like, come yeah. on, Jesse, you need to know better than using ACL when talking about Drew Jones uh, in a tweet <laughs> and, and regarding injuries. <laughs> yeah, That's honestly, on you. there's not because like if I was scrolling through Twitter and I just saw ACL, Drew Jones, an injury, I would have lost. I would have lost my shit for a little bit. I almost did. I had to read his whole tweet. I had to read it twice. Just he had to not, actually. Actually, um, but we read something, but like, yeah, obviously, Carson Kelly, it's it's the same thing with everybody, right? Like, yeah. Zach Davies took a little while to stretch up and get to the point where he was able to give you some length. Uh, Mantiply and Carson Kelly are in a similar position where they just need that playing time at a major league level in order to get right. But, uh, what you said is totally the, the, the truth, right? Like, when you had pieces that were performing and you had pieces that basically got you to where you're at are you really willing to kind of now jeopardize some games or 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 cost you some games in order to get these guys playing time yeah and tyler and cole are making good points that like you also have to work gabby's young he hasn't played this full this much of a workload and 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 you're not going to carry for and you're not going to carry but when you traded for gabby this was never the plan like gabby wasn't supposed to come out here and just take over this job Carson Kelly wasn't supposed to get hurt. And realistically, if Carson Kelly never gets hurt, Carson Kelly's still probably your number one catcher. Um, for better or worse. So you don't I mean, it's obviously hard to say, but you don't like he always comes into the season as your number one catcher. So um I'm not out yet. And I like I do think there's obviously certainly benefits to him playing for yeah. as far for Gabby's sake. Yeah. Um and again, it's two games. Like it's something we had to do with the Ellie De La Cruz thing. Like he could end up being a Hall of Famer after this. Like he could end up being having an MVP season, and then, but if he but we're reacting to two games. Like oh yeah, yeah. no, I mean and even a, like the small right. things, like the, like the stealing thing. Like stealing's not only always on the catcher. The fact that it happened that often is concerning, obviously. And it, it just, just so it happens like that it Phil- just, it felt like the Phillies knew that they could just run on. Yeah, it, but right? I mean, how much of that, I would have to look a little more, but how much of that is also on Davies too? Um, cause those happened all, I yeah. believe with Davies on the mound. That's it a happened good early point. in the game. So that's a good point. Um, yeah, like who's to blame there for that. Right. Certainly but, concerning, but I'm not going to, it's, it's two games. I don't want to talk about this game anymore. Yeah, let's not, not at all. Uh, let's talk about game one. Uh, because even though tonight's game sucked game one, 
had everything, everything, everything you could want. Uh, fucking comebacks, fucking fights. Tori Lavallo out there getting ready to take on the whole Phillies team by himself. Uh, like we all know by now, you if you unless you were living under a rock, that Tori got uh, ejected. He got tossed from game one after Corbin Carroll got hit the second time uh, in the game. Obviously, emotions were high. Tension was there. Tori Lavallo said after or, or today, he said that uh, in looking back at the video that he felt like it looked worse in person than it did as far as him getting hit. But he also said something interesting about like the kind of uh, uh, ruckus, uh, the, the fracas that 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 yeah. came around. Right. Like the, the, the bench clearing that occurred. Uh, it, it's it's interesting what Tori said to JT Real Muto and Trey Turner uh, in regards to Corbin Carroll getting hit. Let's take a look. But, you know, I know everybody wants to know if I've changed my perspective on on what I was saying yesterday. Um, do I want to talk about it? Um, not necessarily. I, I did want to say that it looked a lot worse. I saw it on video um, last night. Um, it looked a lot worse than it really was. Um, and JT said what basically was said. And I was, I was going to be respectful and not pass that along. And since he did, I will tell you that's what I was saying. I was arguing and saying that, um, you know, I know you weren't trying to hit him, but you hit him two times and you just can't do that because it has to stop. And that's kind of where I was. I was after the ejection. And I was talking to JT. Um, and I'm sure I said some other things in there, but that was a point I was trying to get across. And I turned to him and said, if you were the catcher on this team, I'd be, be doing the same thing for you. And Turner was right next to him, and I pointed to him too. So that's as much as I can remember, as much as I want to share. And it, that's, that's really the entire length of what was said. And what you saw looked way worse than it was. I'm Italian, I speak with my hands, I'm very intense. I can, um, I can lose my SHIT, you guys have seen that. Um, but at the end of the day, I continue to, and will always have the most res utmost respect for JT. And um, I just appreciate the way he composed himself through that situation yesterday. What a fucking mind game, what a Tori Lavolo. What a mind game. He came in to, to, a, to a fight and told the opposing players that if it was you, I'd have done the same thing. I would have, I would have loved you the way I love him. And, like, I just want Tori to be my dad, right? Or yeah. at least, like, I don't know, like an yeah. uncle that protects me. It had big energy being like, oh, you messed with one of my kids? I don't even care who's in the right. Yeah. You touched one of mine. If you were one we of my gotta kids. We got to go. And I'm, I, I, I don't care if I'm wrong. I'm in it now, so I'm, I'm not backing down. How are you supposed to go back to your dugout and look at Rob Thompson in the face after that? Yeah. Like, would you do that for me, Rob? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. you got it. That's that. that they talking about mind games. Really start. You start. You you sow the seeds of 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 dissent. Yeah. Within the Phillies organization. So now, when you play them later on in the, in like the postseason, if they manage to get there, now you're oh, ahead. There's a rivalry. Now now you're in, there's dude, a rivalry. Ooh, brewing. this enough. This would be. Like I said, the tweeted yesterday. It's the best rivalry in sports. Philadelphia, Phoenix. Battle for the... All right. I'm just saying. Um, some interesting things uh, that, that came out of this. Uh, Corbin Carroll very much did not believe he was intentionally hit at all. Uh, and he also... Uh, Corbin really didn't want to talk too much about being named the National League Player of the Week, which is something we haven't really touched on too much. But uh, Corbin Carroll, Player of the Week for National League. And obviously, uh, we know he deserves it. We know how good his numbers were yeah. in that past series, uh, the two-home run game. Both... Uh Reigning players of the week. Whoa. Yeah. Young, young, reigning players young of the guys. weeks. Um, the, the young prospects. Yeah, but they right? went yard today. Oh, yeah. Gunnar Henderson. Gunner, also, Gunner yeah. Henderson. Because uh, that's what they do. They yeah. just play ball well. But uh, it, that, that game, of course, the, the answer backs, like I said, showed up. Uh, and they mounted the team's 20th comeback victory this season. Only the Cincinnati Reds have more comeback victories right now in the National League than the Diamondbacks. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there was just something about that game. And. Uh, Gabriel says, is Zori, is Tori a zaddy? Yes. Is he not on the list? He is, is on, he the, on list. the list. He's an international. He sex is symbol. on the international sex symbol. Up. We've determined Scott that McGuff. I was allowed to call Scott McGuff a local sex yes. symbol. Now. Even you can call him national him too, yeah, but he can't, national. he's not taking international flights. This is a, a local airport, but, 
Uh, game one, again, like I said, even though it was a lot of fun to watch, it's not like this Philadelphia Phillies team uh, rolled over and died, obviously. Yeah. We know Real Muto hit a uh, – he went for the cycle, which is something that uh, after Sean going, is very after, much not a fan of. Uh, going hitless in the f- four games before that. Mm-hmm. He's a catcher. He's not supposed to be fast. I don't like it. Um, yeah. First – Philly since 04 or 02, I think, and only the 17th catcher in the history of the game to hit for the cycle. Gross. Don't like it. Uh, I also don't really loss, like though, so that's a fun. Yeah, I also don't, don't really like JT Real Muto as a person. I, I think I, here I, think I there. out we hate uh, JTL Real Muto, and that was before yeah. the fight. So I just uh, it's like I, I could see it coming, but uh, something I'm very excited about is we are now joined Ooh. by the one and only Jesse Friedman, who's going to be coming in from Chase Field. Jesse. Are you there? There he is. Look at that. Look at Chase Field behind him. Look at that Chase Field shot behind you. How you doing, sir? I'm great. Are you I'm ready to get great. out of there? I imagine you, you wanted to leave a long time ago, <laughs> I think. Yeah, this definitely had the feeling of, of one of those games that was over in about the, the fourth or fifth inning, right? Uh, I mean, First I inning? We, 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 call, <laughs> we call this team the answer backs, uh, but there are some, some things that they just cannot fully answer back from. And, uh, yeah, the Phillies uh, took a big lead early, and uh, D-backs uh, at least salvaged some dignity for themselves. But uh, then they sort of lost all of that dignity. Yeah, I was going to say, did they? <laughs> uh, came into the game. So uh, not an ideal day of baseball for the Diamondbacks. Uh, did you did you feel that Josh Rojas coming in and giving up the runs in the ninth inning and that just kind of dragging on? Uh, th- did you think that that was maybe adding to this loss being more demoralizing, even more so than it kind of already was? Or do you think that like maybe the players just don't give a shit about it at that point, considering it was already a blowout? You know, I I would have agreed with you. I I definitely thought that yes, like this ninth inning feels stupid. We're you know we're doing the position player pitching thing. We're all just sitting here in a game that's already over, uh, and and it's just getting more and more out of hand as as the as the minutes go by. Uh, Josh Rojas, however, took his outing very seriously, and the Diamondbacks. Uh, it sounds like they had a whole lot of fun with this. Frankly, uh, Josh Rojas just gave. Uh, probably the most hilarious post-game scrum interview that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, he was he was talking about you know com- you know talking with Strami after the outing to see what he could improve on, and he was talking about his you know his pitching motion. He was talking about uh, uh, the umpire auditor page on Twitter and how there have been some egregious misses recently, specifically for position players. He's gonna get fined for. Specifically for position players, apparently as a theory that, uh, you know, position players, because of the trajectory that they're throwing at, because it's going like 35 miles an hour, uh, apparently they're just, they're getting, they just don't get the calls by umpires. Yeah. They just, they just don't get the calls. So, uh, so Josh Ross did, uh, did express some frustration with, with not getting some calls in this game. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think that was kind of just a microcosm of the Diamondbacks feelings on this game. They're very much, flushing this game as an outlier Tori Lovello when he entered uh, the press conference room of course it was it was dead silence you know after a 15 to 3 game uh it was very very hush hush in there and Tori very quickly was like uh you know a 15 to 3 game suddenly the mood really changes around here uh and and he just kind of was very calm and just said you know this game was out of character for us this was an outlier we're gonna flush it and be ready tomorrow and that was pretty much the end of it uh, what I mean, that's kind of brilliant. Is I mean, isn't it? Because obviously, this game, there's a lot of emotions that still kind of carry over from yesterday. Uh, and I feel like making kind of light of it is is a good way for them to actually move on from what I mean. Again, I, I brought this up. I know you weren't here, but the first game one, it's not like game one was was a thorough victory. The the Phillies scored eight runs. The Diamondbacks needed to score nine in order to win that game. Uh, They were down, so they had to do the answer back thing and come back. Uh, But this game didn't feel too much off from that game as far as what the Phillies were doing. It just felt like the Diamondbacks were, I mean, obviously it was a little worse, and it felt like the Diamondbacks couldn't get anything going on their side as far as offense goes. But it's, I mean, this Phillies team is very good, and they've been, They've been beating some good teams, so it's not. Uh, I mean, it's it's not a team to take lightly, and it doesn't really feel like, even though this loss was terrible, like it was that much different from what the Phillies were able to do on Monday with Real Muto going with the the cycle, hitting for the cycle. 
Yeah, the D-backs cannot get that man out. My goodness. No. Uh, and it's, and I think it's, what is it, nine out of ten plate appearances, I think, that JT Romuto is, has reached base in, in this series. It's pretty pretty crazy. Uh, hit, hit, yeah, I think coming into the series for yeah, the last four, four games or something four like game that. Four-game streak coming into the series. JT Romuto is a really good baseball player, and I think anyone who thought that you know he was going to have a high 600s, low 700s OPS for the whole season was uh, sorely mistaken. And same story with with Trey Turner. Uh, he didn't do uh, as much damage bat on ball in this game, but he drew a couple walks. He did uh, the base stealing thing, uh, which which was a was an issue for the D-backs early in this game. You guys might have already talked about this, but uh, Carson Kelly. Uh, maybe not quite as effective at, at catching base stealers as uh, as Gabby Moreno has been. Yeah. Do you have concerns there with that? Do you think that this is something – is is this Carson like ramping up to major league play or is this something that might might be a problem for Carson as the season kind of progresses? Torrey wasn't concerned about it. Uh, I mean, he, he chalked up. Uh, you know, especially the Trey Turner stolen bases to just Trey Turner being an elite base runner in this game. And it's going to be hard to, to catch Trey Turner stealing bases. Sure. Um, and, and he also just said that, uh, you know, uh, Carson Kelly is is going to be fine. He's he's proven himself over the years that I wouldn't say that catching base stealers is an asset for him. It's probably a little bit of a weakness and kind of always has been. But he also is not terrible at it uh, i think some of those stolen bases in this game were more stolen off of zach davies than stolen off of carson kelly uh so is he as good at ca- at catching base stealers as gabby moreno no uh, not even close right uh but we kind of already knew that coming into this and uh that's just going to be one of those things for carson kelly that is is not a strength for him hopefully he's able to overcome that in other ways uh, anything else that stuck out to you i know corbin carroll had that big defensive gaffe where he thought maybe it was the end of the inning, and he, he turned his back with the ball, and, and Real Muto tagged up and scored. Uh, was there anything said about that, and, and was that the case? Yeah, that was the case. Torrey confirmed after the game uh, that, yeah, he just didn't know how many outs there were. Uh, and he talked about how uh, the Diamondbacks have a very heady baseball team in general, and he talked about how Corbin Carroll is at the forefront of that list as far as uh, cerebral players on this team. And uh, yeah, I think in a lot of ways, the D-backs are viewing that moment and this game as a whole as just an outlier, just one of those things that's going to happen every now and then, but doesn't necessarily need to be addressed. There doesn't necessarily have to be any uh, yelling over this game. Uh, it's I want just yelling, Jesse. Things. I want people to it's, pay. Sell the team. Sell the team. Reverse boycott. <laughs> We're, the Diamondbacks do still. The Diamondbacks do still have the best record in in the National League after even after this game. So I, I think anyone pressing the panic button, uh, this one was ugly. Uh, you know, no doubt about that. It was probably the worst all around game the D-backs have played all season. Uh, but Corbin Carroll is not going to make a lot of mental mistakes, right? There were a lot of things in this game that are just uncharacteristic, but. Things that are uncharacteristic still happen sometimes, and I think this was just yeah. one of those weird days for the Diamondbacks. Sean and I are way too reactionary without you here, Jesse. You know you you need to be here to balance us out because the two of us together, we're just losing our minds. And it gets factor, really bad, Jesse. You factor fucking Damon in. Damon's insane himself over there, so he's trying to come in like some sort of voice of reason. He's screaming about dfa guys. He's just egging us on. He's not helping at all, but... Uh, I know that you are not in any of the minor league cities right now, but we did have some updates uh, from the Diamondbacks minor league system. We did talk about Jose Herrera uh, hitting a home run in his first at bat for Reno because, of course, he would, right? Uh, Carson <laughs> Kelly is struggling at the plate, so, of course, Jose Herrera is going to hit 700 with, like, 20 home runs down there in Reno. Uh, thoughts on that at all? And, like, do you think that we'll end up seeing – Jose Herrera back here at any point this season? Uh, not, not without an injury. Uh, I think Jose Herrera is pretty clearly the D-backs depth option at catcher. Uh, I know we got a, a question yesterday about the possibility of the D-backs trading Carson Kelly, uh, which would open the door for Jose Herrera to come back up. But I don't really see that happening, especially uh, you know if Carson continues to uh, look like he has at the plate over these over these first two games. I don't think there will be a Fair. whole lot of teams calling about him. Uh, granted, it's only two games. I don't want to I don't want to read too much into that. But his his timing is clearly a little off. Uh, but yeah, Jose Herrera. You know, uh, Tori talked a lot 
yesterday uh, about how it was it was tough for the D-backs to send down a guy who really has played pretty well this year. He really has taken some pretty significant steps forward from where he was last season. And honestly, there there could be a case that the difference between Carson Kelly and Jose Herrera is actually not that big. Uh, if you look at some of the some of the metrics as far as catching base dealers, like we were talking about earlier, um, as far as blocking as well, uh, Jose Herrera is comparable or better in, in those things. So I think Carson's value, a lot of that comes from him having a better bat than Jose Herrera. Uh, but Jose was pretty decent for the D-backs this season, and Carson's off to a slow start. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll just have to kind of see how that evolves over time. Michael Dunn in the chat says better to have a mental gaffe in a blowout like this and learn the lesson than in a game it actually matters. 100%. And that could be said for a lot of guys tonight uh, defensively for this team. But he's right. And I think that uh, this game was, like you said, Jesse, one of those flushable games. But when you when you do see Jose Herrera producing, when you do see some of the guys in the minor leagues producing, it's going to be hard to not want to be reactionary like these two guys are about you know some of the performances, right? Kevin Ginkle, there was nothing wrong with what Kevin Ginkle has been doing for this team, and he got sent down simply because he had options left, and there weren't other, there weren't too many other options as far as guys that could be sent down. But uh, speaking of home runs, Blaze Alexander is back, and he has also homered in his first uh, game back for the Reno Aces. So uh, great to see because Blaze is definitely a name that's kind of uh, moving up the Diamondbacks prospect system. A lot of people have, have a lot of wonderful things to say about him. Great to uh, see. Cause we he, want Nick Ahmed gone. <laughs> okay. There's some, there's some anti Nick Ahmed chat here <laughs> in the, in the room from one of us. Uh, and two of us, uh, of course, two Blaise of us. Alexander had that fractured thumb. So it's great to see him back. It is. Yeah. And, and I do think that somehow, some way you're probably going to see him in the big leagues at some point this season. Uh, he is just really took a big step forward last year. Uh, for the D-backs coming up to the farm system, they've been pretty pretty light hitting for a while. It was kind of an all-defense profile, but last year the offense took a step forward, and, and this year that has continued to be the case. Before the injury, he was on an absolute tear, uh, and, and he did uh, you know he did continue continue that tear today in his first game back. So I do think this puts a little bit of pressure on Nick Ahmed, maybe a little bit more so than there's been so far. Uh, without Blaze Alexander, the D-backs didn't really have a clear replacement that was really worth uh, bringing up. Uh, but Blaze Alexander has the kind of skill set that I think could threaten Nick Ahmed's role. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen anytime soon, but I think you'll probably see Blaze Alexander in the big leagues at some point this season. Uh, Brandon Fott looked very good tonight, Jesse, for the Reno Aces and our last uh, minor leaguer from the Reno Aces update. Uh, again, not to get too excited, but obviously with the way some of the guys in the starting rotation have been pitching, do you foresee Fott making his way back to Arizona here anytime soon? I wouldn't say it's impossible, uh, but this this was kind of the first Brandon Fott-esque game that we've mm -hmm. seen from him since being sent down. Uh, he made a couple starts before this down in Reno. They were both relatively short outings. Uh, not nearly as many punch outs as, as we're used to seeing, whereas tonight he had 10, uh, 10 strikeouts in, in five and two thirds innings, didn't allow a run in that game. Uh, so really impressive stuff from from Brandon Fott. Uh, looking at the numbers, it, it looks like he got a whole bunch of whiffs on his four seamer, which is something that we didn't really see uh, in his time in the big league. So if, if that really turns into a swing and miss pitch, which it it was uh, in the minors before, uh, and, it, and it was there tonight. It just, we didn't really see that when he was uh, here with the Diamondbacks. I think that might have had more to do with location than anything else. Um, but yeah, I mean, as we talked about yesterday, Brandon Fott, for better or worse, is kind of the Diamondbacks' primary depth option right now. I don't think you're moving Dre Jameson out of the bullpen at this point. So if the D backs find themselves needing another starter, uh, you know, barring a, a trade, which course could happen maybe about a month or so from now but if they need another starter between now and then Brandon Fodd is probably going to be that guy oh man that's a that's a little exciting but I think <laughs> I agree with you on on a lot of that uh, I, I feel like the Diamondbacks are done with some of these like I don't want to say they're completely done calling minor league guys up or whatever but I I, I feel like guys are kind of getting more set in their roles it's kind of like what you said about Dre you know, I don't foresee Dre 
really leaving that bullpen role anytime soon, but who knows what happens with that. Uh, we do know that the Sod Poodles are back. And, of course, Hodgetown is popping. Uh, they have won seven games straight, and Jordan Lawler is just absolutely raking Jesse. So uh, things, are, things are good for the Sod Poodles right now. They are, yeah. The Sod Poodles Twitter account, uh, they're they're social people to violence against us, and and we're talking <laughs> about their seven their seven game win streak and how you know the at least the D backs have Josh Rojas pitching. That's good, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but it felt, it felt a little unnecessary. It felt like kicking us when we're down. We don't do that to you guys. Yeah, I mean the the Sod Poodles, as you said, they've won seven in a row. Uh, the D-backs winning streak ended at six. So I guess the Sod Poodles are just, uh, you know, they're just supreme they over win. the Diamondbacks They're the best team in the organization. Second hottest team in sport of baseball. <laughs> their winning streak was one game longer. Uh, but yeah, the big story there is Jordan Lawler, uh, who has figured things out. Jordan Lawler had a miserable first month of the season. He his really OPS did. is... His OPS has gone from around 500 to 800 in a matter of just a few weeks uh, in the month of June. He is hitting well over 400 uh, with a slugging percentage well over 700. And uh, yeah, he's back kind of on the, the track that it looked like he was going to be on entering the season, where if he continues to have success at double A, he could maybe get a call up to triple A. Uh, Corbin Carroll got his in, I want to say, early mid-July last year. I think that's on the table for Jordan Lawler if he continues to play like this. And then it possibly paves the way for Jordan Lawler to find his way to the big leagues toward the end of the season uh, if the Diamondbacks have a need for that. And I know that would just be – I mean, there's been so much excitement with all these young players this year. If Jordan Lawler comes up to the big leagues at the end of the year – that would that would just be icing on it. It would just be electric. Yeah, it would, it would yeah. absolutely be electric. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. I mean, we were talking about Corbin Carroll at this point last year playing for the Sod Poodles himself, right? So it's like crazy how fast that this can move for some of these guys. But once they figure it out, kind of like Corbin was talking about today, like things kind of click like he did when he was sitting with his with the scouts and and you know, he kind of had these big epiphany moments and then also small things along the way that just made him feel prepared, but uh, once once he was back on the field from that injury, Corbin Carroll did not take a lot of time uh, to move through the minor league system and get up here to the majors. And uh, hopefully we see the same thing out of Jordan. Hopefully we see a similar level of success as well, where once he arrives at a major league level, he sticks here. But we are very excited, uh, speaking of the Amarillo Sod Poodles, to let everybody know that we are going to be joined by our friends, the Carey Twins, tomorrow. Chris and Stephen Carey is going to join the show. We're going to talk about Jordan Lawler and what he's been doing as of late, uh, what the Sod Poodles have been doing uh, to win seven games straight, and maybe who, like Jesse said, we might see up here as an Arizona Diamondback before this season is over. So very fun. Make sure to join us for that. Also, make sure to check out our friends at OG's Brands if you haven't done so already. OG's Brands, flavoring life. They're all about making everything better, including baseball games, including all sports. Uh, they have a variety of, of doses, strains that you can choose from. They also have their special sleep edition gummies, their happy balance gummies, as well as, if you are into it, uh, mixed flavor bags, including their fruits and their creams, where you can get watermelon, red apple, and peach together, or blackberries and cream, orange cream skull, peaches and cream. You can't go wrong with any of those. And of course, coming here right around the corner about the next week, we will have pink lemonade dropping on June 21st. So check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com and on Instagram at ogsbrands. You can also find their products at your local dispensary. Must be 21 years or older to purchase and enjoy responsibly. Uh, and also, since Jesse is here, Jesse is probably right now, you can't see it, but he's standing on the only Chase Lounge at Chase Field. And of course, that was provided to the fine <laughs> folks at Chase by More Furniture. Uh, and if you need a Chase Lounge for your home or a couch or a TV stand or a coffee table or any of these things, I could sit here and rattle off furniture names all night long. Armoires? Uh, I don't know. But anyway, check out what you need for your home over at morefurniture.com. Uh, they'll bring it to you with their white glove delivery service. They'll set it up for you so you don't have to lift a finger. And, of course, you will get the best value, uh, best value you can get in the valley. So save big on the best furniture when you head to morefurniture.com. Jesse, uh, Father's Day, right around the corner. Not There's a few things that you can get your dad that he'll like more 
than merchandise from the phnxlocker.com. Am I right? I mean, we talked about dads being hard to shop for, but uh, this is this is definitely a time to go to the locker. Uh, and you can get yourself this special deal right now going on from June 8th through June 16th. Buy one, get one, half off, all shirts and hats. And look, I'm not saying you don't have to be a selfish child. I'm saying you can go ahead and also get yourself one item. One of them can be for you. One of them can be for dad. Uh, I'm, I'm not making it out to be just exclusively for dads, but uh, dads love sports. And make sure to get your dad the best merchandise in Arizona sports you can get over at the phnxlocker.com. Uh, and I'm glad that we live in a city where we don't really, at least for the time being, have to worry about one of our major franchises leaving the city. Wait, no? No? Well, I mean, well, I mean we're, better okay. than, we're, better, we're better situation in Oakland, that's for damn sure. Yeah, what's happening tonight in Oakland is heartbreaking. We're not going to talk about Coyotes hockey, but we are going to talk <laughs> about the athletics and their fans <laughs> planning a reverse boycott for tonight's game. Uh, we do have this graphic that kind of sums up what the reverse boycott was all about. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it wasn't a terrible idea. Uh, they decided to fill up the Coliseum with as many people as they could, which they successfully did. They yeah. sold, I believe, over 25,000 tickets uh, to a very good game against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Tampa Tampa Bay Rays, best team in the American League, and who won that no, game? No, the Oakland Athletics are the best the team Oakland in the American Athletics League. The Oakland Athletics won that Because they won game. seven straight baseball games, the last two of which have been against the Tampa Bay Braves. Or the Tampa Bay Braves. The Tampa Bay Rays. And then they beat the Braves in a series a couple weeks ago. He, he's very sick. So I don't think I he missed, sick, he just yeah. That's how it sounded coming out of his nose right now. But, uh, Jesse, what were your thoughts on seeing this and what uh, A's, fans, A's fans had planned, especially uh, the very intricate uh, rules on that sheet, which involved them uh, staying silent during certain parts of the game and then chanting sell the team during other parts of the game. It sounds like it was incredibly successful. I mean, like the way that they actually, they like actually followed those rules. Like the video clips that I've heard, all of the fans are in part, like all 27,000 fans are in perfect unison. And it was kind of a a national story tonight, which I thought was, was cool. I mean, when have the A's been, yeah. When have the A's been a a national story this season, other than being kind of the laughing stock of of all of baseball, right? A lot of people, you know, thinking about this this situation and all they're going through, a lot of people are falsely putting the blame on the fan base in, in Oakland and, you know, calling those people not properly supportive of their team or not showing up as, as much as they need to. And they made a statement tonight that, no, we're not the problem, right? The problem is, is you know, this, this ownership group and all of the drama that has gone on between them and the county um, that, you know, there's a lot of issues there, but the, the fan base of, of the Oakland A's is not one of them. And it was good to see, you know, those fans show out in a pretty big way, like 27,000 somehow, I guess that still looks sort of empty in a ballpark that size. Yeah, uh, right. but, but I mean, it, it, it compares pretty favorably to the three and 4,000 nights that they've had so consistently this season. Well, they have certain yeah. areas that they can't even sell tickets for right now in the Coliseum. So even if they wanted to try to sell the building out, they literally could not because sections in the 300 uh, were, were just not even they weren't selling. They're not selling those sections. Um, and you were right because the chants were incredible. And we do have a video that really displays how uh, how impressive those chants were. That's incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. And I mean, obviously, uh, their intent was to get the current ownership group to do as they were suggesting in selling the team. Uh, that's definitely an uphill battle that I don't think the fans there are going to win. Uh, and I, I 
I don't know, Jesse. I mean, I agree with you about the fan base completely. I don't think the fan base isn't there. I think this kind of has has a relationship to the Diamondbacks' current situation, right? Where it is the fact that as the, the place that the team plays at grows more and more to be a place that people don't want to be, then it makes it that much harder to get the fans to come, right? So, like, as an organization, as a sports team, that's why you kind of have to stay ahead of things and you have to make sure that you're – I mean, obviously, it feels like the the ownership didn't even want to stay in Oakland at yeah. this point, which is the big thing, and that's kind of some of the weird feelings in this, you know, in the in the argument that we had between the Diamondbacks and Maricopa County about Chase Field. It started to feel like the Diamondbacks really didn't want to rectify the problem at Chase Field as much as they just wanted to kind of find an out and move. And we still don't know what the Diamondbacks are are going to do, but their situation is nowhere near as bad as what's happening in Oakland. Uh, they nearly they nearly sold out the Coliseum tonight for what they could sell out, which you see a lot of open seats there. So a lot of those sections, like I said, they weren't selling them. But the sell the team chants, Jesse, were so loud that after the silent protest to begin the fifth inning that started uh, the fifth inning, uh, pitcher Hogan Harris thought his pitch comm system wasn't working because he couldn't hear it. That's literally how wow. loud the chants were on the field for the team, right? Uh, the A's then counter this protest. <laughs> they counter the protest by sending out a press release stating that they were donating all of the revenue from tonight's ticket sales to the Alameda County Community Food Bank and the Oakland Public Education Fund. You sons of bitches. <laughs> you sons Never of been bitches. Never more upset about charity. I mean, uh, and, and also, like, is the, it seems yeah. like the most transparent act of charity ever. It's like, like my parents are fighting over me after they got divorced about which one's the better parent now. I don't like this, Jesse. I mean, was that kind of a little bit of an underhanded move to, like, basically make what's happening tonight about it something different rather than the big story, which is this organized fan base coming together and, and protesting what's happening with this team? Yeah, I think that's a that's a pretty fair assessment, right? I mean, if if you're a major league franchise going through what the what the A's are right now, it's all about controlling the narrative and, yeah. and trying to guide the narrative right. away uh, from in this case the the ownership group there that is really uh, you know done a a subpar job uh, to say the least, taking care of this franchise over the last couple of decades. So uh, yeah, I mean, going back to your earlier comments, comparing their situation to the D backs. Uh, they are pretty different, right? I mean, uh, Chase. Yeah. If you think Chase Field is bad, uh, you Go know, get a game at the Coliseum. The, <laughs> the Coliseum will be a rough experience for you. Uh, fortunately, the Diamondbacks are are not at all in that in that position yet. But sure. um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, with the with the way that that things just sort of work now, uh, the money is often found by going somewhere else by relocating, yeah. and that's. That's what's happening here in Arizona. The Diamondbacks are, from what we know, trying to exhaust every possible option of moving out of Chase Field before, you know, just kind of using that as, as a fallback where they'll just renovate it. They'll try to do what they can with the space that they have. But in a perfect world, they would go somewhere else. They could they could add, you know, a hotel. They could add other revenue streams uh, that would make it a lot more lucrative. And, and it's the same situation with the A's. The, the A's are just going to produce a lot more revenue, frankly, um, in, in Vegas. And, and unfortunately, that's just kind of the way that things are. The Nevada State Senate has passed today the $380 million bill to help fund the proposed stadium for the Oakland A's to move to Las Vegas. So it just so happened to happen on the same day where the fans are trying almost this last ditch effort. Uh, to to save their team, and it's heartbreaking, right? It's heartbreaking because we love sports, man. That's why that's why the three of us do this thing that we do. It's the reason why you guys are watching right now. We love these teams. We love not only the entertainment, but the escape that these teams provide, the connection to our families, the connection to our fathers, our 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 mothers, our uncles, like all of this this family kind of lineage where it comes from being a fan of a team for generations and generations. The Oakland A's have that history. They have that fan base. They have people that absolutely love that team. So 
it's just it's heartbreaking to see this happen and it's it's heartbreaking for it to all be about money and for it to be about you know las vegas trying to get their four teams and 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 everything like that but on the flip side i will say that sometimes you just kind of have to realize that that there's nothing you can do and that hopefully by moving this team this franchise will be taken care of elsewhere and where where they go they'll be loved and they'll be you know they'll they'll be taken care of and i know that's that's sappy and i mean that's really a hard thing to to sell to a lot of oakland fans but like we're we're talking about this on the same day that the las vegas golden knights have won their second stanley cup which still blows my fucking mind that this team has done this so fast and and become like literally part of Las Vegas's like culture a hundred percent. Um yeah. and 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 they love it. I mean they are they are embracing these sports teams. So I I don't really I, I don't have much to say about this other than it sucks, but sometimes life sucks. Yeah. And also I think baseball in Las Vegas is gonna be awesome. Like I, I think ultimately like an ideal situation, you get an expansion franchise there or something and you manage to keep the Oakland Athletics, but from leaving the Oakland part of it aside, like the, the Vegas A's, that's going to be a pretty awesome yeah. experience. I and I, like. I had people come for me when I said that before, and I didn't mean it under the context like, oh, I'm so excited to see them move out of Oakland. Yeah. No, I just mean it from a perspective that I love baseball and I love the city of Las Vegas and the idea of being able to go with my jackass friends and gamble and go see Piff the Magic Dragon <laughs> and then go catch a baseball game sounds like the best goddamn weekend <laughs> of my entire life. So, I mean, I have a hard time uh, being being upset about it. I think there is there is still some concern. Oh, it's only um, – I'm sorry. It's the Golden Knights only their first Second time there. Second time in the Stanley Cup. Sorry. I meant second time in the Stanley Cup. Uh, oh, oh. Thank even, you for all <laughs> fucking correcting me because this is a goddamn hockey podcast. Do you even know Puck, bro? Anyway. Yeah, this guy doesn't know Puck. You don't fucking know Puck duster. at all. Oh, fucking vendor over Puck. here. I don't fucking know Puck. But uh, Jesse, any last thoughts from Chase Field? Uh, do we want to remember this? night at all or should we just we just move on it sounds like the diamondbacks have already moved on from (laughs) this game uh it sounds like they have they have flushed this they're ready to go tomorrow and it sounds like the lighthearted way that this game ended uh maybe allowed them to turn the page a little bit sooner um you know just like all my girlfriends in high school jesse (laughs) they've moved on and i'm still sitting here heartbroken and upset See, I mean, this is why it's good to have Jesse here, though, because he's because uh, I was sitting here being like, oh, I think that the the how that game ended was bad for the team. And Jesse, yeah, Jesse, because he's it? at the stadium, <laughs> knows that he it, it, it might have been a good thing. They're for all the having team. a good time in there. That's yeah, I, I was I was totally in the same boat. It felt to me like, man, this is just what a terrible day. Uh, there was also a moment that we didn't talk about yet where maybe you guys did earlier uh, where Joe Mantiply uh, was oh, yeah, uh, seemingly yeah. coming out of the game. Uh, Tori Lovello uh, came up to get him, and it looked like Joe Mantiply was not having any of that. He wanted to get uh, the last out of that inning. Um, and at least on the field, from what we could see, it looked like kind of a heated moment. It did not look particularly yeah. cordial between yeah. them, um, even though Tori you know, just eventually left the mound and allowed Joe Mantiply to, to keep going. Um, but after the game, it sounds like that was actually a kind of a positive. Uh, yeah. Tori Lavella went out there and Joe Mantiply said, uh, go away, basically. And, and Tori actually loved it. Tori talked about how that's exactly, you know, he loves that. He loves that yeah. when his guys, uh, you know, turn him away like that. And, you know, maybe he won't always uh, allow them to get their way. But in this situation, he did. And Joe Mantiply got the next out. And it sounds like that was actually a positive moment in this game. It absolutely is, especially in a game. I mean, Joe probably thought it was ridiculous that he was pulling him out because, like, what's the fucking point anyway <laughs> yeah. at this point? Yeah. Why are you even pulling me out, right? I it's not like, it's not like the game's on this. the line here, Tori. Get back to the dugout. But what was surprising when I we did bring this up earlier was how demonstrative he was about it at one point, the waving of his glove at Tori in, like, such a, yeah. like, go away, like – it was like a like a big brother to a little brother almost kind of way. Like it was it was weird the way that that he acted. And I mean, it makes sense. And he was frustrated with himself. So I'm sure a lot of that anger was more about the way he's performed in that inning rather than Tori coming out to get him. But Joe is normally fairly 
calm and, and collected. Like we don't usually see that side out of Joe in, in any way. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. That's the first time that I've ever seen any antics like that from from Joe Mantiply in a game. Um, and it, I mean, it also was kind of like you can kind of understand where Tori's coming from there. I mean, Joe Mantiply just uh, came back from the injured list. It, not necessarily a guy that you would think you'd want throwing 50 pitches uh, yeah. in, in his first game back. Yeah, uh, but sure. Tori said that Tori said he was up to two innings and 29 pitches on his rehab assignment and that before the game, they had talked about Mantiply going up to three innings, 45 if they needed it. And, and them feeling pretty comfortable with that. So it doesn't sound like there's really any concerns about Joe Mantiply from a workload standpoint. This is something the team was, was kind of planning on happening. Uh, Gabriel's asking in the comments about the Grimace shake. So I think that means it's time oh, to shut this bitch yeah. down. Oh, no, we are not, we are not talking about, look, like Grimace comes out of nowhere and takes over the McDonald's account while I have purple hair. These things are all too, they're running together too much jesse and i don't like it uh and i think that something's going on but uh what i will say is that corbin carroll hit a home run tonight and if you want to swing for the fences you can do that with bet mgm you can get this offer in three easy steps you log into your bet mgm sportsbook app right now on ios or android you play the bet mgm mlb free to play game from may 27th uh through september 7th and you be a batter and pick an area of the strike zone, depending on the area of the strike zone you pick, you will get single, double, triple, or home run, or pop out, and receive the prize associated with that type of hit. And you can play once a day. So prizing must be used on MLB, and it does expire in 24 hours. If you haven't signed up for the BetMGM app yet, do not wait. Do so now and use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, Make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Uh, I'm still, we're still not advertising for Grimace Shakes on this show, by the <laughs> way, no matter what people want me to do. What is a Grimace? What is a Grimace? What is a Grimace? What are you, Grimace? Uh, by the way, again, talk about Father's Day gifts. If you need a great Father's Day gift for your father, check out Saturday Neon. It is a company started by two friends and former college roommates that makes officially licensed collegiate logo LED signs. They have 19 select schools, including Arizona, Colorado, Alabama, Wisconsin, Auburn, and many others. It's great for offices, man caves. If they do a show, it's an amazing backdrop for a show. Dorm rooms, basements, bar areas, so much more. Uh, fathers will love it. Anybody will love it. It's a great gift to give anybody. And, of course, right now you can go to SaturdayNeon.com and use code PHNX for 10% off your order. Free shipping for all order orders over $200. Are you bobbling? Yeah, I'm bobbling. I'm bobbling. Well, Jesse, we got some bobbling to do. Uh, Jesse is a giant bobblehead right now. We miss <laughs> you. We need you back here. Of course, we will be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. with all of us in the same room uh, talking about lots of fun stuff to talk about tomorrow, including being joined by uh, our friends from the Amarillo Sod Poodles, the Carrie Twins, who are always uh, a fun time to talk to. So make sure to join us for that. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This guy, he don't don't come visit him in person because he's sick, but yeah, you can t- you can get him on Twitter. He's at Sean underscore DePaz. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Damon is at Damon Dog with a D-A-W-G at the end and a little of course, our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs and all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys so much for joining us. Jesse, we thank you for joining us from Chase Field. On behalf of this entire crew, we appreciate your time uh, and sticking with us after this terrible game. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but fucking tonight was not fun. <laughs>